You took all that time and you still didn't have your mic plugged in. I didn't take all that time. It took three minutes. <laughs> and it still wasn't plugged in. The I thought it was. Oh my God. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> uh, wow. Christ. Just impressive work from us so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch rom-coms, and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. It's been a nice, calm weekend. It's been been nice it's been some good weather fantastic weather it's been i had the windows open today for the first time in fucking months and it was just i had like, the window open overnight oh I wore, yeah yeah i did that too yeah get some fresh air in my apartment for the first time in months doesn't that feel good yes it's that, oh, fantastic so fucking refreshing oh and it's like that it's that spring air so it's like it's not humid yet. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crisp, refreshing. It, it almost smells fresh. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like breathing life back into the city. It's I could every year I see that happen. It allowed me to take off the weather strip that I put on my window as well. <laughs> Did you put up weather strips on your windows this year? Like just a weather strip. Cause like I, my bed's right next to the window and like the cold Chicago air oh, comes yeah. in. So I was like, my nose would get freezing cold. <laughs> so it was just like, I had to do something to try to close that crack in the window. It ended up not like adhering well. Cause like I noticed when I took it off, a lot of the crack was still open in my window. It was just like, okay, <laughs> so this uh, didn't work at all. All right. Dope. <laughs> but you know, it, well, your nose didn't freeze, right? I mean, I so, made it through another Chicago winter. You know? Every year you do of, that. Yeah. And speaking of living in the Chicago area, that's where the <laughs> characters of 16 Candles live in this 1984 rom-com that we watched today. Another fucking Chicago movie, man. I'm telling you. Because Chicago's the shit, but we're also finally venturing into a John Hughes movie. John Hughes famously use Chicago as his backdrop for most of his films. And remind me again, what, what, what have we looked at that he did? He, he's famous for, well, this was his first film. He wrote and directed this film. This was his um, first one. Yeah. But yeah. he also did, but he's the one who's in charge of like the breakfast club. Uh, you know. Oh, he did the breakfast club. Yeah. That uh, Ferris sense. Bueller's, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris um, Bueller's Day Off. That's what I was thinking. Of. He did we have, the Home we haven't done it, but yeah, that's he did the Home Alone movies. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yes. That so. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, he said some yeah. good stuff then. Yes, indeed, and I think it's it's good because this is a very famous movie, and so it's good to cover it for our, our podcast finally i thought on episode so. and, and i hadn't on seen it so and on episode 69 as well which is <laughs> extra funny i so. didn't even think about it damn it how did i miss that <laughs> oh, oh, neither yeah. of us neither of us brought that up before choosing we're slipping dude well i mean uh, there's we're not slipping. really like what could we have chosen that's like specifically like 69 oriented yeah. that's a rom-com yeah we already went, went through all the like friends with benefits type movies that yeah that would have been the yeah um i mean the only one i would think of was like the 40 year old version but that's not like yeah. necessarily it has to be done for yeah so and yeah could have done that for like move episode 40 technically but 
That's true. Anyway. Uh, There's a lot 16... of things we would have done differently looking back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's go over the uh, the stats of the movie here. So 16 Candles is a 1984 American coming-of-age romantic comedy film starring Molly Ringwald, Michael Schaffling, and Anthony Michael Hall. It was written and directed by John Hughes in his directorial debut. And so it wasn't his first movie that he had written, but it was his directorial debut. Well, that's still pretty uh, solid for a debut. Or directorial debut, yeah. Um, and, of course, there's also John and Joan Cusack uh, <laughs> in the film. Um, oh my god, a fucking, like... Practically prepubescent John Cusack. <laughs> yeah. And a fucking and, hilarious Joan Cusack. Yes. Um, and then also, uh, Getty Watanabe plays Long Duck Dog. Ah, uh, yes. Man, what a performance. Ah, uh, so. yes. <laughs> um, Sexy girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, the movie came out on May 4th of 1984, and it's a 93-minute film. Uh, good length of time, I yeah, thought. That's a it was, solid length, yeah. Yeah, it was exactly where it needed to be. Yeah. The budget of the film is $6.5 million. How much did it make in the box office, Max? Mmm... I'm guessing this was one of those a little more off the beaten path movies when it came out. So maybe like 11 million. I, I like, I like the train of thought you went on there and you're not too far off. Uh, made 23.7 million in the box office. Well, so pretty solid. Yeah. Solid, solid for the time frame for sure. Um, and then also, your train of thought, I think, was pretty much spot on, where it was just like an alternative to other types of films. Was it? Yeah. More where, like, an, like a, I don't know, what, yeah. what was it called like, for the 80s, like an indie film or something? <laughs> yeah, where it's like, you could go, you know, if you go to like the, there weren't necessarily even like, like multiplexes weren't like necessarily a thing right in, like in 84 still. Fucking multiplexes. Like, Jesus. you're probably, like, you're probably seeing like, maybe have three or four screens in a mall, you know, like, yeah, but you're not like necessarily like 11 movie screens, like in that time frame yet. Oh yeah. So yeah, this I, is I probably still remember when like the first like 12 theater cinema cinema came to Corvallis. It was like my yeah. junior year of high school and it was like the new fucking classy date spot. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. God. So, yeah. So I mean, it was it was like out of like the four movie screens, this probably took up one of them. You know what I mean? So for making that kind of a profit, that's that's pretty solid. Then I agree. Um, and the film on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, let me pull that up here real quick. Rotten fucking tomatoes. What do you got for us this time? 43 reviews. All right. What percentage does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Mm, 63%. 84%. It is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Wow. The critics' consensus, uh, significantly more mature than the teen raunch comedies that defined the era, 16 Candles is shot with compassion and clear respect for its characters and their hangups. Hmm. And then, as far as other reviews, um, the Variety, or, or Variety Magazine wrote, there's also a darkly handsome high school heartbreak kid, played by Michael Shuffling, Jake Ryan, a merciful brisk pace, some quick, a merciful brisk pace, some quick humor, visual and verbal, 
and a solid music track. So it, just yeah, I guess it yeah. did have a solid music track. I I guess I, I mean, didn't really like notice that they had Spandau Ballet, man. Oh, that's huh? true. There were a couple. <laughs> there were a couple songs in there that we were. <laughs> I know that we were jamming the fuck out too. Yeah, <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's good music. Uh, there, uh, a negative review by Dave Kerr. He wrote, "As the girl, Molly Ringwald is natural and appealing, but she's lost in a world of blunt, vicious caricatures." Which I can see. Interesting. I yeah, I can I can actually kind of see that. She seems like a very real character, real person, whereas she's yeah, with like like her and her friend, um, like when they stare at Caroline and like admire her body, like that's a very real situation. Like that's you know just like the whole idolizing someone idolizing a peer for what you perceive for them to have and that's all showcased in this one like scene sort of thing yeah where you know like that's that's rooted in in a very real situation that high schoolers and you know humans can find themselves in you know admiring someone else's and Uh, being jealous of it yeah the ultimate fucking comparison throughout high school jesus yeah um while you know, then you go and you look at Long Duck Dog saying, No more Yankee, my wanking. So, you know, it's uh, just that's the same movie. <laughs> the same yeah. movie. Um, yeah, that's some weird, that's a weird ass. Like, what was his purpose? Like, just pure comedic effect? Is that all it was? I think it was just like a comedic effect sort of thing where he was going to cramp her style and then all of a sudden he becomes this like, badass who finds a, a girl and like i mean it shows her a good time and gets absolutely shit faced and then you know drives the grandparents car into a lake and then also it's like a half come up it's for the grandparents for being out of touch of you know molly ringwald's character's feelings yeah. and almost fucking it up with jake over the phone you know saying that she wouldn't want to date a, a ruffian like him Jesus, yeah, that fucking that whole exchange. Yeah, it was just so like he was kind of a a plot device to provide a comeuppance for the grandparents, but also mostly for comedic purposes. So, um, Ugh. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of his character that did not age well. Yeah, so. I think Janet Maslin of the New York Times wrote the best review, though, of the film. Most of the movie is cheerful and light, showcasing Mr. Hughes's knack for remembering all those aspects of middle-class American adolescent behavior that anyone else might want to forget. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good summary of it. It is very lighthearted. Yes, and just... It's just a very lighthearted, just you know, simple comedy. Yeah, simple, lighthearted, and also just the middle class American high school experience is very yeah. true of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could. When you see Molly Ringwald in this film, you immediately get transported back to when you had a crush in high school. Oh, like I, I really thought of the crush I had in high school from like eighth grade through junior year of high school. Oh my God. And like the times that I, like I wanted to write notes to them and like, this oh, and the that fucking and note writing, dude, the note writing in the class at the very beginning too. It's just like kids now just like fucking would text yeah. or DM. And then even, and then also they'll fucking post it on Twitter. Like they make uh, a damn poll out of it on Twitter uh, now. So everyone can fucking see. Oh, damn. And it's just like, yeah, don't, they don't understand the nuance of, and the difficulty, the skill involved in passing notes, man. Yeah. I mean, and that's what started the whole issue, the whole thing between, I mean, well, it ended up being, you know, a blessing in, in disguise because Jake all of a sudden 
is, you know, realizes, oh, hey, you know, like, oh, hey, I actually kind of dig this Sam girl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, Uh. and like, if he does, if he doesn't catch that note, then he doesn't start thinking about, oh, this girl kind of like dicks me, you know, maybe I should make a move with her. But like that's that's that, like that's so fucking true of high school. Like the the like you could literally just flip a switch and all of a sudden you like someone. It's just the I I love the simplicity of the hormones looking back, but in the moment I still remember vividly the fucking internal pain and frustration of thinking that that little things like that were your fucking world like yeah oh my god i don't know if he likes me or not those like those situations felt like it felt like those little tiny decisions and situations it felt like as if you were a a baseball being hit at 115.2 miles an hour exit velocity and going 450 feet it really felt like that kind of absolute power and like destruction. Is that really what it was? Every, every yeah, that's really what the exit velocity and distance Jesus was Christ. on that homer. Is he pitching he, today? <laughs> <too>? <laughs> He's pitching today too, isn't he? Yes, he Jesus threw a fucking Christ. He threw a scoreless me. first. Well, you know what's horrible is that uh, like, hello everyone, welcome to our fantasy baseball <laughs> talk. We have. The Angels and the White Sox on in the background as we're recording. <laughs> hey, it's a Chicago team, even though it's not the Cubs. Still, you know, it counts, all right? But anyway, Shohei Otani is on my team. He is pitching and also hitting. But unfortunately, because I started him as a pitcher, I don't believe I get his hitting stats today. So that home run does not count for my team. Still awesome to see. Really? That sucks. Yeah. I See, yeah. that's the thing about ESPN's interface. Ever since Madison Bumgarner, I wish – we could fucking do that in our league. Like if I wanted to play him as a utility along with pitcher, I should get that opportunity. Right. Well, that that makes me feel better that you didn't get points for his home run at least. (laughs) Yeah. It's unfortunate. (laughs) I mean, I could have just kept him as a batter and not pleased him as a pitcher, but this is the first inning too. He goes and throws a scoreless top of the first. And then, comes out in the second batter of the fucking bottom yeah. of the first and just crushes a home run. Like, I mean, all right, just talk about picking a team up and putting them on your back. <laughs> I mean, like, well, he, as an Asian gentleman, is putting his team on his back. But there was an Asian gentleman in this movie <laughs> who was being carried by a very large white woman. Oh, my God. I fucking loved her. <laughs> I I feel like with the 16 candles, we should like everyone should just kind of be talked about. Like you can't go through the movie because the movie in and of itself is there's not much. Like it's very odd because it it's so you can relate to it in like your high school experiences, and it's got a lot of heart, um, and it's got a lot of Nostalgia. like oh my god, I I remember that. Oh, this that reminds me of these feelings. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh! And like, yeah. there's all these things you can like point to and everything. But then there's all these like other moments where it's like, what the fuck film am I watching? <laughs> like, this is like, what exactly is happening yeah. at this moment as we speak? And it's just, it, it's just evident that like, you know. So I, I feel like we don't necessarily have to, you know, go through like plot like scene by scene plot no. device by plot device of this film well, it's more not, of a there's not even talking about characters and talking about characters and moments is going to be plenty for this film and yeah. talking about long duck dawn and um i i don't even know if she introduces her name in the film who the girl that he makes out with oh yeah i don't know either wanda was her name wanda i don't know i don't know but like they lift weights together like they they're like making out like i mean do you think they actually banged hmm i mean i would assume so 
but I, I guess, would assume so as well. Yeah, I guess. I mean, come on. I mean, he, he like, does say no more Yankee, my wanky. Yeah, so like, he's and he's like riding her on the, <laughs> the bicycle and shit. Yeah, but they were cloaked. Yeah, but I mean, if they're doing that, then like you know, we know where that leads. <laughs> I mean, of course, if you're if you're tandem riding a an exercise bike, we all know where that leads to. Everyone, yes, it leads straight to sex. Absolutely, has to. <laughs> That's you know, if you're if you're both riding Peloton, then <laughs> simultaneously. Then you're going to, <laughs> then you're going to Pella Bone. <laughs> uh, I was trying to find a landing, and that's what I—that's the best I could come up oh, with. That'll work. That'll work. Uh, all right, all right, cool, cool. <laughs> Just so, of course, Long Duck Dog is offensive now. Like this is oh totally not—it's not great. At the same time. It is light years ahead of Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Thank God, Jesus! Like, because they actually have someone of Asian descent playing the character. First yeah, off, yeah, that's a huge starting point. Yes, um, it's just the jokes were obviously written by like Hughes, so that's not great. Yeah, like the Yan- no more Yankee my wanky. Like, there's nothing inherently racist about that, but. It just I can totally picture a white dude writing this for an Asian character and just like, oh, this would totally sound funny if an Asian guy was saying this. Yeah, I mean, it, the the other thing about this is that at the time, John Hughes, when this film was released, he's 34 years old. So like he's our age. Oh, yeah. It's like, are we still... Are we still getting a kick out of saying things like no more Yankee way wakey? But at the same time, I did laugh at the joke. So I think the answer is kind of yes. That's a good we're point. At the age like, where it sh- we should be better than this, but we're kind of not. <laughs> well, but there's a difference between that and actually writing it. Like, yeah, I would. I laugh at that kind of shit all day. Like, like fucking Family Guy. Like, I laugh at that sort of stuff all mm. the time. But there's no way that I could come up with half of the twisted ass shit that they do. Very true. Doesn't yeah. mean I won't fucking laugh at it. But... Very, very true. Yes. So really, it's it's just you know these more sick twisted intellectual minded writers that are pandering <laughs> to our cheap our cheap laughs. Yeah. I mean <laughs> um, and then what do we think of uh Farmer Ted Ted, the uh freshman Farmer played Ted. by Michael Hall, who's listed as the geek in the film. Oh, is he? Yeah. King of Geeks. <laughs> he's the king of the dipshits king of the dipshits i'm yeah. sort of their, I'm sort of their leader i'm king of the dipshits it's it's so odd like he's weird yeah i don't know like you can't put your you can't put your finger on it because like there's moments where you're just like oh he's fantastic like he's oh look at this like he's just he's hilarious and he yeah he means well and then there's other parts where you're just like no means no, you fucking nerd. Get out of here. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, the yeah, whole, like, just... climbing on her in the car thing. Yeah, twice. Jesus. <laughs> like, like, but at the same time, he obviously doesn't know how to make a movie. He's a fucking freshman. Like, he, yeah. like that's, that's a, that is totally a fucking response that would happen. Like, when you try to make a move, you just throw your leg up and, like, try to <laughs> go from zero to 60. And it's like... <laughs> No, you idiot. <laughs> like Oh, yeah, that's very true. I still remember my, then, the first kiss I ended up in my girlfriend's eye cuz we were in a dark cave <laughs> and I decided a dark cave was a good time to make a move. And I fucking <laughs> made out with her eye. She she won't see it's coming. This is obviously the best spot for that's, her first kiss. That's literally what my fucking brain thought. Like that's what my freshman this, fucking brain thought. 
boys are dumb. Boys like, are if there's one thing stupid. to take, if there's one thing to take away from this film, it's that boys are dumb. Never forget that, especially teenage hormonal boys. Boys are dumb, just straight up. Like we're dumb. Yeah. Boy, boy, children are dumb. Boy, teenagers yes. are dumb. Yes. Hell, I'm still fucking dumb. Yeah. I'm still really fucking dumb, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's still shit I look back on like six months ago that I'm just like, really, dude? That's what you went with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keeps you humble. I... <laughs> it keeps you humble. The fact it that really we can does. realize this. Yes. Um, and and then there's, of course, like the, like those iconic shots that Anthony Michael Hall has in this film. The dancing scene. Yeah, that's um, a good scene. Which I told you the story about my older brother and my oldest sister that yeah. they were at a quinceanera. And then my older brother, without any sort of forewarning, cut in when my sister was dancing with someone just cut it and then started dancing like Anthony Michael Hall in this film with just like the, <laughs> just like it jumping up and down. <laughs> and I guess like the story goes where he was like, his dancing was even cracking up the band that was playing the live music. Like they were laughing at him <laughs> as he was doing that to my sister. So, and I mean like that movie would have been out at the, if it's a quinceanera, then they're probably right around like four years. Yeah. Yeah. Like around four years after this movie had been out. So it was a known scene at that point. Um, yeah. And then of course, another iconic scene, although it's not a great like scene looking back at it, but it's still iconic in a way. And I don't know if it's okay or not. It, well, it's, it's not okay. Let's see. But kid, it's when he has her panties. Oh God. The, oh, the bathroom scene. The, and the holding up of the panties. And everyone, oh, Whoa. God. and like they paid a buck. To that see was, it. that was funny as fuck though. It was, was hilarious. And honestly, it's just, it's, it's not it's it doesn't it's it's not good nowadays my ruling as someone who has no authority over this but my ruling is that it's okay because in essence he asked and received consent through the exchange of the possession of the panties And there, so therefore, there is also a chance we are overanalyzing this, <laughs> which we of course, do. but that's also the entire podcast. So that is very true. <laughs> this is this is what we do. We 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 get under some sort of influence of uh, ingested. See, this uh, is this is intoxicants. Where I wish there was just a fucking manual. Like, can can we just lay down some fucking ground rules? as to what's okay like can you guys like just guys are dumb so there's always going to be dumb guys out there that are making dumb fucking mistakes as we discussed boys are dumb so that's why that's why i commend this situation because in essence he asks for and receives consent i don't know that he received consent to fucking sell tickets to see it <laughs> I mean but that that is that, that is granted at the same time it, it's I don't just know. I'm marveling at how much of a fucking mystery this is to us like if you think about it from the reverse like <laughs> you, you you would never see this shit from girls like Girls are not oogling over a guy's fucking underwear. Yeah. Like, girls, well, I, I mean, we, well, we can't speak for their experience, or like, because we really haven't been in that situation. I mean, but, yeah, unfortunately, the experience for women is horrible because boys are dumb. 
Boys are fucking dumb. Boys are dumb. Um, <laughs> like, you know, unsolicited dick pics uh, <laughs> are a thing in this universe because boys are dumb. Yup. And, and predatory in a way. And it's like, I mean, then that kind of goes into, and, and in a way that bleeds into uh, Ted and Caroline and then the whole party situation. We can kind of talk about Jake Ryan as well. Where Wait, who's, who's Caroline again? She's the girlfriend who passes out. Jake Ryan's girl. Oh, right, 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 right. She's the one we saw naked in the in the shower. Right. Um, you know, allegedly. <laughs> well, whatever. If there's a body double or whatever, but <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's that whole. <laughs> that's where that's just not okay just just that whole storyline is tough because oh the, the, yeah the the couple the caroline and uh jack well just caroline carol just caroline's and caroline in general and like when she gets like way too trashed obviously like can't do anything then jake ryan basically pawns her off on a freshman who can't drive and has him drive his Arid's Rolls Royce. Yeah, what? Who? Yeah, what? What was that? What happened? What? Why would you do that? Because he didn't want to deal with it, and on top of that, like, I think he was gonna try to. Well, he had he had to do some pensive thinking about uh, Samantha Baker, you know, (laughs) about his future. Uh, That's (laughs) true. It was just that shot. Of both of them, like her sleeping on the couch, cutting to like him staring just... off into the distance, yeah, and then him in a tank top staring off in the distance as they pined for each other without knowing it. But, and... but perhaps on a deeper <laughs> level, knowing it. But perhaps maybe in the future, one chance, perchance. <laughs> um... <laughs> but. So he then does all that stupid stuff. And then, and then there's why, the insinuation. Why would you send her off with a dude? That's, that was my biggest question. A dude you don't really know. And a dude who doesn't have a driver's license. Who's a and then on top of that, well, he, it's because Jake, once again, didn't want to deal with her anymore. <laughs> like that's basically what it is. He didn't want to deal with Caroline's shit anymore. So he pawned her off on someone else. As a quote unquote reward. Um and then and then you Caroline have to know you're setting up for fucking like cheat mode there though. Like that's all. Like you have to know what you're... Well that's why he wasn't that's why he wasn't been out of shape with the whole yeah, yeah. insinuation of it. Because he was already over her shit. Still, that's I don't care how over it I am. I I don't think I would fucking do that. <laughs> You're not Jake Ryan. Clearly. Like we Clearly. can talk about Jake Ryan here in in a little bit. All right. But then there's also the insinuation of Roadhead that Carol oh, that yeah. Caroline gives Roadhead to and then there's an insinuation that they actually had sex, even though neither of them can all remember all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's like how does he not remember anymore? Like, did he crush five beers? From That's the what I was wondering. Time? Did we did we miss him getting drunk? <laughs> I mean, he makes that little martini, and like in the one scene where he tells Jake about how Samantha's into him, and like there's a six pack of beers in there, and so are we just are we just assuming that after he has the picture taken of them in the car, he drives to a parking lot? crushes the beers and then bangs caroline yeah i i hate to tell you that's why i don't buy it it's just like what this is flimsy at best and then all of a sudden she's all of a sudden kind of kind of into it because she liked waking up in his arms and it's like look (laughs) we're we're gonna we're gonna just we're just gonna sail along with it because this film and much like most john hughes films is like set in this very like dreamy reality that doesn't exist like so, you kind of just 
ride the wave with it because it's like that's where 80s films kind of became known for being 80s films um that's true this is the absolute like prototypical 80s film um i i just you know like especially because we talked about the intro where they're showing the credits and the intro of like all the people in the high school and everything else it was just an absolute perfect encapsulation of what the 80s are of what an 80s film is this is if you were ever to say genre 80s 80s comedies or 80s films just show them the 16 (laughs) candles credits the whole minute and a half where they play the song have the credits at the high school that is an 80s film yeah right there yeah like this is a solid intro that's a solid intro and so with 80s films you have to not you're not taking these films with a grain of salt. You're taking them with a whole vat of salt. <laughs> like this is <laughs> like all of the salt. <laughs> yeah. You're going to Salt Lake City and you're taking all the salt out of the lake. Fucking um, Salt Lake City. I drove past there. Yeah. When you're done with it, it will just be city with a lake in it that used to have salt. After you watch this film. Death Valley. <laughs> this joke is over. Anyway. <laughs> um, and so then that leads us to, like, I let. I guess we could talk about the family briefly. I just let's just throw the whole family into one. They suck, except for the dad, and the dad just seems like he's overworked. But he's like yeah. the only one who actually like seems redeemable. The mom kind of like becomes redeemable at the end, but at the same time, she had chances and never like figured it out the day of the birthday. She had to be told by the dad and then like apologize the next day. And it's just like, what? Also, Where- <laughs> I, I found that whole thing really flimsy. Like as someone who'd never seen this before and didn't know where that was leading. Like I, I figured it was going to be some, you know, sweet 16 surprise kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. they were all going to come around and, and be in on it. And it just kind of like pittered out into the dad giving her late night advice and them both apologizing in passing, like the mom just catching her in the hallway and being like, Oh, sweetie, I'm sorry. We fucking forgot your entire fucking birthday yesterday. (laughs) I'm sorry that 16 years ago that day you fucking came out of my vagina and I don't remember it. Like Jesus. And we're just, that was another thing that was just kind of like glossed over. Like, okay, why was this in the story then? Just to kind of build up her emotional distraught? I have a lot of thoughts about Jake and Samantha and like similarities. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that shortly. But first about the family i will give them a slight pass in this situation that is completely made up in my head um (laughs) i think that like when when the oldest daughter got engaged that it was probably like because this looks like a early summer wedding like this is the end of the year like they already had prom like talk about caroline being the prom queen so i feel like this puts us in june like toward the end of the school year. And so I would assume that this was probably an engagement that happened around Christmas time, like a holiday season engagement. A lot of engagements happen around that time. I feel like that's when the engagement happens and they get married six months later. This is is a hefty backstory you got here. So, So I feel like then she sets a date and when she sets the date, the parents probably look at it like, uh-huh, that's the day after Samantha's birthday. Weird. All right. Well, that, let's, you know, that's the date, June 24th or whatever, June or whatever day you want to say. June yeah, but you, don't, you don't talk and, this over with your daughter and say, no. hey, like for your 16th well, birthday, is it okay if we have your sister's wedding the day after? Like, I feel like but, that should come up right away. Well, obviously you know the the oldest daughter you know is just gonna play the whole she's being selfish and immature about this well yeah to not let her have that date the parents 
are going to be like, she wouldn't, she, she'd understand. It's fine. You're, you're good. If that's the day you want to get married, then let's go ahead and do that. And I think that they also do. And since that was the firstborn and a daughter, I think that that's how they always treated her. And that's why she acts the way she does. And that's why she's with the kind of guy she is because she got everything she wanted. And so they were so focused on her wedding that they completely forgot the day before is actually Samantha's birthday. And they thought of those two days as this is the wedding of the oldest daughter, not this is the birthday of her, of Samantha. I mean, yeah, I get that. That The father kind of alludes to that and admitting that they were both uh, very overwhelmed from the wedding. This is where I realize I might be too high because I talked a lot about that little insignificant detail of this film. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. I don't think it was insignificant. I think it was, I think it was a very like important part of the plot because it's, they make it such a potent part and then they never fucking explain much of it. This is why the podcast exists. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> this is the kind of shit we have to think about, man. No one else Oh will. my god. Oh my god. <laughs> when you pitched this it. fucking idea to it. me, this is the kind of shit you were pitching. You were like... That's very true. We need very true. a medium and to also, have these discussions Being on. in Illinois, we're within the state that has legalized it. Uh, shout out to New York. They're legalizing it. Yeah. When does that so take now, a- uh, I It's relatively soon. Cuomo has basically pushed that shit like himself through all the like legislature. So oh, my guess is that they'll probably be they'll probably be legal by the summer. <laughs> like they're they're trying to get that money right yeah. now. <laughs> Welcome aboard NYC. Yeah. But I mean, still, fuck you. I just don't know what the NYPD is going to do anymore as far as how they're going to, you know, arrest minorities. <laughs> um, they'll yeah, find um, other ways. I'm kidding. They'll always find a way to arrest minorities. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so so that's my like thought on what how they forgot. And then the dad kind of realized the sh- mistake. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I yeah, think that's yeah. sound. I think that works. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, and then you know, he had a nice, nice uh, speech to her, and he mentioned how if he doesn't recognize how great you are, then you know he doesn't deserve you, sort of thing, which was a good line. And yeah, way to way to it, fucking make up for missing your birthday. Yeah, exactly. Um, flimsy fuck. But then you know, just overall, the Jake Samantha storyline, we don't get much of it, so we have to take that into effect i'm also okay with that like i'm okay with that as well they were not people i really wanted to know more about i want to be real molly ringwald i think she gets better in future films but she's not she's very she's very real as a teen in that most teens can't act very well. <laughs> what? It's so I just like I don't know. She just looks like a teenager that they like said, "Hey, read these lines real quick." <laughs> oh, you didn't think she, you didn't think she did a good job acting? No, <laughs> no. I, I mean, that's the thing. I didn't like mind her either but like uh, i mean we'll see we'll see like you know like in the breakfast club i thought she was pretty solid you know that's another again, movie I, was, I still haven't seen yeah that's not necessarily a rom gun. <laughs> it's not <laughs> i think about it no um what is it but comedy uh rom drum it's like a teen drum yeah it's just Ugh. Ugh. It, like a teen comedy drama dramedy oh yeah it's just it's it's a bunch of melodrama followed by a bunch of like comedy Ugh. yeah okay music. never mind yeah that's that's see that's the high school shit i don't need to return to like this movie had just enough of it to yeah. like make me nostalgic but not miss 
the like simple drama of high school. See, I feel like you might dig the Breakfast Club because of that, because it was just because it's more about just like the it, it's like where this movie was a bunch of stereotypes surrounding this one female main character who has some depth of and going through a real teenage crisis, what would be a teenage crisis, which isn't much of a crisis, but <laughs> at the same time has a deep root of crisis, yeah. which we'll talk about shortly. Um, but like, you know, like, but there's, and then the breakfast club is more of like those stereotypes now having to battle each other and become full fledged characters. And that's what the breakfast club is. Mm. Okay. And all set within a school. So like, it's just, they're all stuck in the school on the weekend on a Saturday. So like, anyway, interesting. Um, That's yes. a weird premise. Yes. I, I, I'd be interested, interested in watching it with you does just any, for fun. Does anyone bone? No. On a Saturday, you guys are trapped in a school. Come on. Awesome. <laughs> anyway um but so the thing with jake Far- farmer ted would have gone for that <laughs> farmer ted's in that film but Is not he? as farmer ted yeah jesus did they just recycle the whole cast anthony michael hall's in there molly ringwald's in there um huh that's it just those two but All right. anyway um so with Samantha and Jake, like Jake Ryan is kind of the, there's a lot of, you know, women, my sister's age, like in their like forties at this point that look at Jake Ryan as kind of like the big first, like stereotypical prototypical hunk rom-com male lead. Interesting that have Jake Ryan as like, Oh my God, he's, Oh my God. I love Jake Ryan. Like ever, like there's a lot of, you would get a lot of that from women in their forties. Who've seen 16 candles. Like, okay. And granted, I think Jake Ryan is a handsome dude in this film, but he is boring. Wildly. He is wildly inept at making decisions. Like <laughs> his decision making skills are atrocious. <laughs> like I don't understand. Yeah. How you could ever be attracted to someone who is that dense and lacks critical thinking. In <sighs> it's high school, man. General situations. This is more than like being a boy this is this is a, a a level of density that is 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 bad no i'm saying it's high school for her she doesn't see uh, that stuff she only sees oh my true. god he likes me and he opened the door for me when he when well he, when i got in his car that's part of the that's part of it too is that these two have trouble communicating because they have in a way troubled home lives where they're ignored. Like, do we know that about Jake? His parents are never there. He's allowed this party to occur in which everyone trashes the fuck out of the house. And instead of worrying about how am I going to clean this up and explain this to my parents, he then gives the Rolls Royce to a freshman to drive his passed out drunk senior girlfriend to home because he doesn't want to deal with it. Holy shit. That's a very interesting point. He is kind of exhibiting like all the signs of someone who's like living a very neglected home life growing up as a teenager. Yes. Rash, careless decisions. Yes. So why does he want a girl, a girl who literally can't do anything but stare at him and seems like, and he just says he wants to be in love with someone who would like love him back. 
He's obviously just looking for anyone to care for him. Yeah. And Holy she and shit. Samantha Samantha is willing to care for him because she's put him on this idolistic pedestal that sophomores put their crushes on. This is destined for failure. And it's destined for a horrible like fire burning failure. <laughs> like so my what happens after ever after is that this relationship ends with either cheating or an std or probably a mix of both um, jesus or pregnancy or... <laughs> a pregnancy scare uh, something along those lines but it's gonna end or, poorly. Or, or just the moment he fucking goes off to college like yeah yeah and she's left dealing with the same high school drama for two more years that he just escaped well, what's going to happen is he's going to go to like the local community slash junior college for two years, try to figure out what he wants to do. And then after like it's, you know, he's trying to put off getting his associate's degree. And then finally his parents are like, you're going to need to get your associate's degree and find another college to go to for the last two years. And then he's going to finally just give in and do it. <laughs> anyway, it could work. That it could work. <laughs> It just like Jake Ryan is is actually he's he's not he's my a boy. favorite. Yeah, he's a boy who needs help. He is not the hunk that should be a, that should be like looked up to as far as the prize. I I and, would with your take on him. I would like to see a rom com with him as the primary protagonist, like the male lead, but like a developed male lead, like. I want to actually like learn to care about his backstory and care about her backstory more. Obviously it wouldn't be her necessarily, but mm. you know, like I think that would make him a little more because he, he he's got the workings of like a cool rom-com lead where it's like someone who is, who's got, flaws that they need to overcome and when they learn to yeah i i get what you're saying like because there's a there that there's a slight depth there yeah not to not the not the amount of depth that samantha has in this film right like that character is fully fleshed out but like but they also provided some depth to jake it's just that there's not enough yeah that's what I'm saying. Because, I, I I would like to see him in a different rom-com as a developed character, and I think he'd be solid. I feel but, like he's he's the stuffed toy in the crane machine that you're trying to get <laughs> at the end. And so, like, and you can see all the detail on this toy. Like, it's a 3D, like, you can see everything, but you're still, he's still the prize that you're trying to capture with your crane. You know? That's because Molly that's, Ringwald has got her hooks in him. Yeah, she's trying to put her hooks in him. She's trying to, she's trying to breed off of him. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so they do exchange an iconic kiss, though, in one of the more iconic final scenes of a film. He would have been on fire, man. The birthday cake, the birthday cake with the candles and the music and everything else and i mean just like everyone you you've seen this you've seen this scene before it's fan it's a iconic for a reason i give it an a just it's an a yeah i mean i hope he's wearing a flame retardant shirt but yeah <laughs> i give it an a um, before we give our verdict, is there anything else that you can think of in the film that you want to like bring up or anything that was funny um, that or just anything at all? I don't think so. A lot of it was I think it, we covered the very basics, which is really all that need to be covered. Like it's just a very simple surface level teen rom-com. I'm glad we watched got- it. That's got that's got plenty of laughs in it, and yeah, as we, it had a lot as, of funny moments. Yeah, yeah, and as we get into the verdict of the film, that's the biggest takeaway for me is that 
there were scenes that made me laugh, whether it was appropriate or inappropriate. Right. <laughs> like there's still there's laughs to be had in this film. And it's it's a film that you can see the influence it had on other 80s movies after it. And also just teen films in general. Yeah. Like you can see the makings and the of the stereotypes that and the cliches that were continually made. And I thought about one of the earlier teen movies that we did, 10 things I hate about you and how I killed that film. <laughs> and this is the exact tone I want out of my high school movies. It's more of a dreamy reality, more of a, you know, like Ooh. there's less stakes. There's less like bound in reality there. And there's, it's less of a, less of a serious vibe to it. It's more of a, just like a melodrama as opposed to, you know, Oh my God. Like, I don't know. There's no, a, I, I think I see what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause, cause what said things I hate about you and the fact that they try to insert Shakespearean speech into it, it kind of gave it a tone that I, that just turned me off. Well, yeah. That... This one had, and then this one had just more of a fun, fun loving tone much like can't hardly wait has that same sort of fun loving tone. that's where I, that's that's the sweet spot for me with, with high school movies with all that said this movie is just a fuck for me i think everyone should see it but you don't necessarily have to watch it all the time i agree i i'm gonna fuck this movie because it's 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 definitely got plenty of funny little bits to it that made me laugh out loud many, many times. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, even the like, you know, inappropriate for modern day jokes, the ones that haven't aged too well, th- none of them were cringeworthy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some of them were uncomfortable, but, you know, it wasn't like, oh God, I can't even say his fucking name. <laughs> fucking Mickey Rooney. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so it didn't have any of that. It was still like it, it, nothing took away from the lightheartedness of the movie overall. It was it was just a fun, cutesy teen movie that's worth seeing once, I think. I agree. So you can find our socials uh, on Instagram. It's at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. That's all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. And then on Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, I forgot to live tweet this film. Shoulder shrugs, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, at Bro the Stone Pod. That's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. And then my Twitter is at Supermarket Sweep without the uh, E in Super, so S U P R Market Sweep. Uh, and then on Instagram, I'm at Relusa eighty eight. That's R E L U S A eight eight. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted with a period, which is T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. And on Twitter, mm-hmm. you can find me at the Lionhearted with an underscore. It's tricky, I know. <laughs> I'm not. Oh yeah, I'm not even gonna fucking spell that one out anymore. I'm di- I'm tired of just spelling that one out. If you can't figure <laughs> out where the fucking underscore is, then. <laughs> Oh, well, you don't find me on Twitter. Yeah. Well, so uh, it's my turn to pick a film. Yeah, what do we got? Um, I'm going to choose a film that I know of, but I have not seen. Ooh. I didn't know we and, had any of those left. <laughs> and it's a film that... uh. You know, it's going to star someone that we may have just recently seen. Okay, someone, male or female? Uh, female. Um, it's going to okay. also, it's going to also, uh, you know, come from the mind of someone whom we just wa- witnessed the film from their mind. Okay, okay. So and it may have come possibly. out two years after this film. Oh. It's... Pretty in Pink. Let's just keep it going. We'll do Let's another John Hughes film. Pretty in Pink, written by John Hughes, directed by someone else. 
Uh, but I, I forgot the guy's name, but um, it was written by John Hughes. It's considered another quote unquote brat pack John Hughes film from that ilk. Um, so this is going to be uh, but another romance film, another uh, considered rom-com. It's, you know, another one with uh, quote unquote iconic scenes and everything else that I still don't quite know. But I know that if you leave, that famous song came from this film. Um, what song the if you leave don't look now or like or like i touch you once. oh yeah I touch you twice i won't let go at any price <laughs> i need you now like i need you then <laughs> you always said we'd meet again so that's pretty solid if you leave, don't look back. Pretty in pink. I've I, never seen that either. Yeah. Like, it's one of those where, like, I've seen, like, reruns on local television, and I've seen, like, my siblings watch it, but I just never sat down myself and watched it. So, so I figure this is the perfect opportunity to do so. So let's do it. This is the movie. Okay. I was just, I just looked it up and I was like, yeah, this, I remember another Molly Ringwald movie with yeah. uh, John Cryer in it. That is correct. John and, Cryer. He and plays I, Ducky. I legitimately thought it was this one. I legitimately <laughs> thought John Cryer was in this somewhere. Yep. They're, they're easily confused for each other. So why not watch it back to back? I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. We thank you. And we will catch you back in the 80s next week. Love you guys.